Welcome to Mental Health Matters, a podcast that accompanies the Observer Reporter's year-long series on mental health issues in southwestern Pennsylvania. In each episode, we will examine different aspects of mental health and talk to the people that deal with and are affected by these issues, because mental health matters. Welcome to part two of this podcast edition of Mental Health Matters. I'm Dave Singer, sitting down with Chuck Porch, counselor with EAP Services of the Washington Health System. Chuck, welcome. Thank you, Dave. Glad to be here. We're sitting down today discussing basically how to get into a session and how to make the most of it. How do you find in your initial sessions and throughout the the uh, length of the sessions that someone can make the best of them? Try to make a connection with, uh, with the client, not just come on in and, okay, what's going on with you and tell me your problems, but uh, they're not just a case of anxiety or a case of depression or a case of a substance abuse problem or a, a dealing with a possible failure of a marriage, but they're a real live human being or a couple in front of me that I genuinely care about and want to do my best to help them out. So one of my first goals is to convey that to the people that uh, end up in my office. I want to be frank how we met. I went through EAP services as a referral and I was uh, going through issues with an anxiety and depression and they were manifesting as some anger issues with uh, coworkers and the like. Um, and the sessions we had focused on uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. That's again, that's something who's willing to acknowledge that they have issues, willing to acknowledge that things aren't going right. It, how does that work? And Second question here, if you can answer it in the same, is if that isn't ideal for someone, perhaps the reluctant people, what else can you do to help them see the light, so to speak? Yeah, there's, there's a variety of different uh, you know counseling modalities, and, and depending on the problem or situation, cognitive behavioral therapy is a, is a wonderful treatment modality that, uh, you know, within a handful of sessions, five or six sessions, we can help people to uh, take a look at uh, uh, some of their own kinds of uh, thought styles, uh, what they might be doing uh, to, uh, you know, to contribute to the behavior, you know, issues and problems at the workplace, and you were an ideal candidate for that. Uh, you know, probably with hundreds or dozens anyway of, of different kinds of different treatment modalities and techniques, uh, probably they can be boiled down to three. Uh, humanistic, insight-oriented therapies, what we call talk therapy. Another approach commonly used is, is behavioral. Behavioral therapy might deal with somebody who has some anxiety disorders or uh, phobias and things like that. Uh, there's a process known as systematic desensitization where you slowly uh, present that individual to the feared situations in conjunction with relaxation techniques like deep breathing, progressive relaxation, uh, and uh, gradually expose them to the feared object or situation to where they feel, feel that, okay, I may still feel uncomfortable flying, but at least now I can get on an airplane and fly from here to there, point A to point be. And another uh, one that's been very, very popular for, for decades is, is what we call the biological aspect of it, primarily with medication. Way back in the middle 1950s, uh, you know, Thorazine was one of the first major uh, medications that came out for the treatment of schizophrenia. And uh, since then, 
uh, in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and beyond, uh, there's been some wonderful medications to deal with depression, anxiety disorders. But in my experience in this field, 40 years plus, uh, medications, when properly described, are a tremendous asset. Not that medication is the entire answer. What if EAP isn't enough, or you hit a wall, or the person isn't coming to self-realization about their own issues, or you're not getting through to them, they're not getting through to you in kind? What happens then? Usually what we find is the vast majority of people who come to use the EAP uh, our, our system works on a six-session model. Uh, the employers who contract with Washington Health System for EAP services get up to six counseling sessions for themselves and also for their family members, spouse and dependent children, per problem. So someone could come in and use six sessions because they're having problems with their children uh, and then three months later come in uh, you know, I'm having difficulty now with my spouse. Uh, and what we find is probably two-thirds of the people who utilize the EAP can get what they need and get their issues possibly not all taken care of and resolved, but at least to the point where, hey, I feel good, I'm back in control. There are times, however, when, when people come in and their problems are quite severe, uh, that it's not just a short-term fix with six sessions or less. And if that's the case, uh, we, you know, we work very closely with uh, a variety of other providers. How do you determine that someone is successful through the program? You know, the acid test is their symptoms have gone into remission in sometimes four to six weeks. People coming back and say, I'm starting to feel normal again. I'm starting to feel like my good old self. And that's when we know we're on the right track. We've been talking to Chuck Porch of EAP Services in the Washington Health System. This has been a podcast production with the Observer Reporter's Mental Health Matter series. Chuck, thanks again for joining us. My pleasure, Dave. Thank you. You've been listening to Mental Health Matters. For more information on this podcast and the project, visit www.observer-reporter.com backslash mental health.